Christ is living. I am more convinced that Jesus Christ is living today than I'm convinced of any other thing in the world in which we live. You're about to hear Billy Graham talk about the proof and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that means for you. When this truth dawns upon us in all of its wonder, it is capable of transforming our individual lives and in turn can have an impact on the world in which we live. Welcome to the Billy Graham Radio Special, The Proof and Power of the Resurrection. I'm Jim Kirkland. Today, Billy Graham is living with Jesus Christ in heaven, but we can still hear and glean from his messages about Jesus Christ in programs like this one. And his ministry remains vibrant at the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, North Carolina. His grandson, Will, will join us to speak about the recent reopening of the library after a year of renovation. The Billy Graham Library is, a, uh, is an extension of my grandfather's ministry. Even though he's dead, even though he's in heaven, he's very much still preaching at the Billy Graham Library. And people can still hear that same message that their parents heard, their grandparents heard, and they made commitments to. Now they can make that same commitment at the Billy Graham Library. If you'd like to know more about what a commitment to Jesus Christ means, or if you're ready to make that commitment, we are always here to pray with you. We have a 24-hour prayer line, 855-255-7729. That's 855-255-PRAY, 855-255-7729. If you'd be more comfortable visiting us online, we're there too at findpeacewithgod.net. FindPeaceWithGod.net. Speaking of peace, the ultimate peace is found only through God. And it's possible for us because of what happened 2,000 years ago at the tomb where Jesus Christ was buried. Billy Graham talked about that most important event in all of history in his message, The Proof of the Resurrection. It first aired on Easter Sunday, 1956, and we shall hear it again now. The one great message that the early church had was, Christ is risen. It was this message of the resurrection that gave meaning to all the other facts of Christianity. Satan, in over-eagerness to thwart God's purpose, overstepped his bounds, and God turned what seemed to be life's greatest tragedy into history's greatest triumph. The death of Christ, perpetrated by evil men, was thought by them to be the end, but his grave became but a doorway to a larger victory. A man asked me this past week if I really believed in the resurrection of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, if I did not believe that Christ bodily rose from the grave, I would quit preaching. I am absolutely convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ not only rose from the grave, but he is living at this moment at the right hand of God the Father. In the first chapter of Acts, Luke, probably one of the most brilliant men of his day, makes a startling statement about the resurrection. He says, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things concerning God. As I began to meditate on the significance of these infallible proofs, it occurred to me that there is a tremendous amount of convincing evidence, evidence that would be acceptable in any court of law as to the validity of Christ's resurrection. There are many of you today that have even gone to church this morning, but you have serious doubts concerning the fact as to whether Christ rose again. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I'm not presumptuous when I say that I have no doubts. I have experienced the living Christ in my heart. But for some of you that may be skeptical, there are many other reasons why I am sure that Christ rose from the dead. First, there are the prophecies of the Old Testament, written centuries before Christ, that predicted he would rise again from the grave. If an event is accurately predicted years in advance, it is evidence that that event was no mere accident, but is all part of a design plan. Job, a man of great piety and a staunch character, said of the Christ who was to come, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Isaiah said, he will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord shall wipe away tears from off their faces. David once said, Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Yes, for centuries the Old Testament prophets looked down through the corridors of time and predicted that Christ would rise again. They predicted every event in his life, and Jesus fulfilled every event according to prophecy. Secondly, during Christ's ministry, he taught time after time that he would first die and then rise from the dead. This blessed Christ, who was never known to deviate from the truth, can certainly be trusted, and his own words comprise some of the most reliable and convincing evidence of his resurrection. He said to his disciples in the upper room, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. On another occasion, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. He said to the Pharisees, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And Jesus coupled his own resurrection with our endless life when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Ladies and gentlemen, I accept the words of Jesus at face value. Even his most avowed enemies never caught him in a lie. He who was truth itself can be trusted implicitly. He said he would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and he was. He said he would come forth from the grave, and he did. He said that all those who believe in him would have hope of everlasting life, and they have. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and have the keys of hell and of the death. Thirdly, we have the documented testimony of those who were eyewitnesses to his resurrection. Angels, his trusted disciples, the Roman soldiers, and a myriad of witnesses all shouted with one voice, He is risen! The angels, dressed in shining raiment at the tomb, said to those who came to pay tribute to the dead, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen! Mary Magdalene, scarlet sinner, saved by grace, rushed breathlessly to the disheartened disciples with the glad news, we have seen the Lord. Thomas, pressing his hands into the nail prints and spear wounds, said with vibrant voice, my Lord and my God. Peter, a partaker of Christ's resurrection, said, and we are witnesses of all things which he did in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Paul, the trusted apostle who was never known to misrepresent, said, Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Christ whom I preach unto you is Christ. Some of the greatest lawyers and jurists of history have become convinced that the proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the greatest attested facts of history. Simon Greenleaf, 
former professor at Harvard University, whose celebrated book on the law of evidence, approaching the matter from the standpoint of the fact and evidence, said, quote, it was therefore impossible that the disciples should have persisted in affirming the truths of the resurrection had not Jesus actually risen from the dead. Dr. William Lyon Phelps, beloved professor of English literature at Yale University for many years, declared, the historical evidence for the resurrection of Christ is stronger than any other miracle. Ladies and gentlemen, these statements are by leading intellectuals who have studied the matter from the standpoint of valid evidence. So the voice of the scholar harmonizes with that of the angels and the disciples to declare in certainty today, Christ is risen indeed. Fourthly, there is the evidence of the empty tomb. Most gravestones bear the epitaph, here lies the remains. But on the stone of Christ's tomb were the words, he is not here. It is history's only empty grave. Many good men have lived, and they've lived long in our memories, but there was only one who conquered death. He will live long in our hearts. There was one thing that I found that distinguished Christianity from all other religions. Not only its redemption by our Savior dying on the cross for our sins, but also the fact that he rose again and that it, Christianity has an empty tomb. Christ is living. I am more convinced that Jesus Christ is living today than I am convinced of any other thing in the world in which we live. Yes, to millions of Christians today, the empty tomb fills our hearts with joy. Lastly, there is the evidence that he still lives today. Christian denominations may have differences of opinion on many areas of biblical interpretation, but there is agreement on at least one point, and that is Christ lives. I talked to him this morning when I got up out of bed. He has walked with me during the hours of this day, and even as I preach this sermon, I can sense his presence with me in front of this microphone. Yes, Christ lives today. He lives in the lives of the missionaries who claim his promise, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. He lives in the hearts of the world's Christian leaders who chose to serve their Lord in faithfulness rather than to enjoy earth's prosperity for a season. He lives in the heart of earth's suffering and starving who pray and wait patiently for a better and brighter day. He lives in the hearts of all those devout souls who, like Moses, chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He prompts every every act of unselfish Christian love and service. He lives in the healing ministry of the physician, the benevolent acts of charitable organizations and the sacrificial ministry of all those who endeavor to alleviate human suffering in any form. He lives in his church, for he loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. He lives in the transformed lives of those who have come to know him in the power of his resurrection. He walks by the side of every distressed, miserable, downcast soul and longs to heal him of his hurts and give him peace. He stands at the open grave and assures those who are bereaved, I am the resurrection and the life. Ladies and gentlemen, the evidence is before you. Earthly and heavenly voices combine in unison and say with certainty, Jesus lives. I want to ask you, does he live in your heart? Have you received this living Christ? I'm not asking you to take a Christ who is hanging on a cross. I am asking you to take a living Christ into your heart, a Christ who died for our sins in our place on the cross, was buried, but on the third day rose again. He lives at the right hand of God the Father at this moment, but he also lives in the lives of those who have been transformed by his grace. You can be one of those people who is transformed by God's grace. 
That happens when you begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's talk about doing that right now. Call us, 855-255-7729. This number is available to you anytime, day or night. 855-255-PRAY. That's 855-255-7729. Or you can connect with us online to learn more about becoming a follower of Jesus or growing deeper in the faith you already have in Him. The address, findpeacewithgod.net. We've been hearing Billy Graham talk about the proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In just a moment, we'll hear Billy Graham talk about the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Because our Lord rose from the dead and lives forever, He can live in your heart and bring you peace and joy. That's the message that is also communicated to visitors of the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, North Carolina. Billy Graham's grandson, Will Graham, talks about what to expect at the library. He says the past year has been dedicated to renovation. We did a couple things in there. One, we added some new technologies, you know, some freshened it up. Um, we had to change out a few displays. Um, it's just some new ideas to present the gospel. And it's a wonderful, it looks great. One of my favorite rooms is, uh, is my grandparents' living room. And when you go in there, it looks exactly the way that my grandparents' home was. It was uh, to, to the bricks, to the logs, uh, to the fireplace. That's a, exactly what it looked like in real life. And so I like going in there because I feel like I'm right in their home. It's a beautiful place. Um, but at the same time, we got to use some new technology uh, that wasn't available years ago. So now we get to use that. Uh, we have a hologram of my grandfather where he gets to present and welcome people to the Billy Graham Library. And then we also have a new glow uh, that talks about how uh, my granddaddy trained different people from around the world in evangelism, how he trained other people to take his job to that being of an evangelist. And so uh, there are some great new technologies that we're using uh, to help present the gospel in a fresh new way. You can experience for yourself the unique ways in which the Billy Graham Library presents the power of Jesus Christ in people's lives. If you'd like to plan a trip, everything you need to know is online at thebillygrahamlibrary.org. That's billygrahamlibrary.org. As you'll hear in a few minutes, people from across the country and around the world visit the library every year. They discover or rediscover the difference Jesus can make in their lives. That's the power of the resurrection. And Billy Graham talked about it on the Easter Sunday edition of the Hour of Decision radio program in 1961. Let's listen now. The power of the resurrection. The celebration of Easter actually began with the early Jewish Christians who continued to celebrate the Passover, regarding Christ as the true Paschal Lamb. The event naturally passed over into a commemoration of the death and resurrection of our Lord. Down through the years, the actual date of Easter has changed from time to time. Since about the 16th century, it has been celebrated on the first Sunday following the full moon after the first day of spring. Thus, the resurrection of Christ is symbolized by the shining bright Easter apparel, the fresh green of the countryside breaking forth from the brown death of winter. But most of all, the wonder of his resurrection is symbolized in the high hopes that beat in the hearts of believers everywhere as they sing triumphantly, Christ the Lord is risen today. As it was this message 
that lifted Christianity out of the category of dead superstitions and archaic religions and made it the abiding faith of thousands of searches after truth. When the glorious truth of the empty tomb and the risen Christ was whispered in the streets in Jerusalem and spread to the marketplaces of Corinth and Antioch, it came as an electric shock. It awakened devout men in every quarter of the world to the fact that Jesus was indeed the Lord Christ, the Savior of the world. The resurrection quickly became the central theme of the apostles' preaching. Within 50 days of the death of Christ and the apparent collapse of his cause, the city of Jerusalem rang with the cries of men who with all boldness declared that God had raised him from the dead and that they were his witnesses. Hundreds had seen him after his resurrection. Craven cowards were changed into courageous preachers. Crude, unlettered fishermen from Galilee became royal heralds of the king so that all who saw and heard him were compelled to acknowledge that something had happened which had utterly transformed their lives. When questioned by their critics, the apostles had no hesitancy in making reply that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Thus, the resurrection was the keynote of Peter's sermon at Pentecost, which inspired 3,000 people to acknowledge Christ as Lord. It was the dominant theme in all of Paul's preaching. Everywhere the apostle went, he declared, God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. When this truth dawns upon us in all of its wonder, it is capable of transforming our individual lives and in turn can have an impact on the world in which we live. The world would not be in such a tragic state today if men everywhere fully realized that Jesus Christ is actually alive. What a transformation would take place in our homes. What a difference there would be in our deteriorating morals. What a lessening of tensions there would be. And what an increase of purpose and power in our lives if we caught the wonder of the biblical declaration that Christ is alive today. On this Easter, we need to recapture the power of Christ's resurrection. For as a civilization, we stand on the edge of a dark abyss. The resurrection of Jesus Christ has a definite relevance to all of you listening to my voice today. First of all, the power of the resurrection saves and redeems the individual. Christ said, Verily I say unto you, that the hour is coming and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. I've seen hundreds of people here in Florida who were among the living dead. Life to them had become a hollow mockery and sham. It had lost its purpose and meaning. They groveled in misery and loneliness, had become bored and fed up, and had no zest for living. I've seen them come in simple trusting faith into the presence of the living Christ. There, they have put their trembling hands into the strong hands of the crucified. I've seen them in the glow of the living Christ step out of a casket of broken hopes and dreams to become happy, useful, integrated, adjusted human beings full of purpose and power. Have you that are listening to my voice been raised to a new life in Christ? You who are discouraged and despondent today, you who are bored with living, you who are beset by sin and temptation, you who are dead in trespasses and in sins, you who lie at death's door, you who experience gnawing fear and insecurity, you who are coping with psychological and mental problems, I tell you on the authority of the Bible that the risen Christ can raise you out of your spiritual lifelessness and transform you as the coming of spring transforms a seemingly dead cocoon into a beautiful multicolored butterfly. Secondly, the resurrection empowers us to live victoriously in this life. 
The living Christ is able to bring all your energies and powers into focus and help you to be a conqueror over the world, the flesh, and the devil. The Bible says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. In his resurrected life there is encouragement for the discouraged. There is hope for the hopeless. There is help for the helpless. He, the living Christ, has promised to be with those who make him their Lord and Savior. He said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. God wants you to have his life and power today. He longs to give it to you. You must by faith open your heart. Thirdly, the power of the resurrection gives hope. A few years ago, a submarine sank off Massachusetts. As soon as possible, divers descended and circled the disabled ship, endeavoring to find some signs of life within. One of them heard a gentle tapping. Listening intently, he recognized the dots and dashes of the Morse code. The words spelled out were, Is there hope? This is the constant cry of humanity on this Easter. Is there hope? Ladies and gentlemen, the New Testament is the textbook of hope. That word occurs over and over after Christ was risen from the dead. It was the resurrection of Christ that set off a chain reaction of hope in the world. Christian hope is the one lone ray of light on the foreboding clouds of despair that canopy our world. Take that away from man and he reverts to the level of the beast. On the purely human level, there is little hope in the world of our day. International tensions become more complex and insoluble with every passing day. Crime, immorality, race tension, and rebellion and lawlessness seem to be increasing daily. Wrong seems to be winning, and right seems to be losing in the battle for the minds and hearts of the world's people. Yet the scripture says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The world today is a victim of a misplaced faith. We've put our faith in education, weapons, engines, machines, stocks, bonds, gadgets, and even philosophy. We're on a detour from decency because we've tried to bypass God. Our intellectual life and our educational systems are in trouble because we've left God out. We've left the Ten Commandments out. We've left the Sermon of the Mount out. And now we are reaping the tragic results. But there is hope. Easter, with its message of resurrection power, brings you face to face with the living Christ. Will you take him and the life he alone can give? Or will you reject him and be lost? Your only hope lies in him. Will you receive Christ as your own Master, Lord, and Savior? You can do it today. And you can know the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ living in you to give you a new life that you've never known before. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God on this glorious day, may the living Christ come to live in our hearts to bring us the joy, peace, and hope that all of us are searching for. For we ask it in his name. Amen. The living Christ. That's who we celebrate at Easter. Jesus Christ, who died for our sins and then was raised from the dead, never to die again. He wants to live in your heart and fill you with joy, peace, and hope. If you're ready to invite him in, or if you have questions about what all this means, call us on our 24-hour prayer line, 855-255-7729. That's 855 855- 
855-255-PRAY. 855-255-7729. You can also visit our website to learn more about beginning or deepening your relationship with Jesus. The address, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. You're listening to the Billy Graham Radio Special, The Proof and Power of the Resurrection. Billy Graham's grandson, Will Graham, says people discover the reality of the resurrected Jesus six days a week all year long at the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, North Carolina. A lot of people think it's just a, it's a place of books like a library is. No, it's not that. Uh, it's not a museum, uh, per se. It is a place where my granddaddy preaches uh, every day except Sunday. The Billy Graham Library tells the story of how God used a North Carolina farm boy to take the message of Jesus to millions of people around the world. And now, says Will, people from around the world come to the library. Some come to see the where his final resting place is, where his body is buried. Uh, some people come just because they've heard great things. Their family, their life was changed because of my grandfather. And so people come from all different reasons, but they come from all around the world. Uh, from China, from Australia, uh, to Europe, to Africa, to South America, and across North America. People come from every state we've had uh, to come and visit the Billy Graham Library so they too can hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They may came to hear Billy Graham or see something about Billy Graham, but they got to hear the gospel and their lives were changed. Experience the Billy Graham Library yourself. Just visit the website to plan your trip. The address, billygramlibrary.org. That's billygramlibrary.org. If you'd like to stay up to date on all the ways the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association continues to share the message of Jesus, be sure to follow us on Facebook. And one final reminder about contacting us if you'd like to find out more about beginning or deepening your relationship with Jesus Christ, call us anytime on our 24-hour prayer line. 855-255-7729. That's 855-255-PRAY. 855-255-7729. And we'll always be there for you too online at findpeacewithgod.net. I'm Jim Kirkland, wishing you a very happy and blessed Easter. He is risen. Thank you for listening to The Proof and Power of the Resurrection, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.